welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. I am Darren Carp, and I am here with my good buddy, John Thrasher. John, you look handsome. Thank you, Darren. I'm noticing that you look even more beautiful than normal. Why? I wonder why that would be. I thought you were going to say more handsome, and I was like, <laughs> that's fair. That too. I feel like B. Arthur when you call Like, <laughs> B. Arthur is like a handsome woman. She totally, yeah, that's a great way to put it. But for everyone out there who um, hasn't been paying attention or wasn't on our Instagram Live and isn't on our Patreon to see these lovely videos, John Thrasher and I are in the Person. same room together. Yay! So, this, this is the first time since March 2020? March? I looked it up. March 4th, 2020. Oh. Um, <clears throat> by the way, if our audio is a little bit thrown, like you guys are just going to have to deal with it. I forgot my microphone. It's a whole thing. But Darren and I are sitting right here in front of each other. March 4th, 2020. By the way, that was a dog. You're gonna, well, we have yeah. to get through the dog. We'll get to it in a second. I know second. we have to get through the case, so we'll cover all about my dogs <laughs> on NMR. So That's listen true. to NMR yeah. for sure. But if you hear barking, it's not That's John right. or me, shockingly. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we are together here. Oh, I think <gasps> the dog. Oh, a bark. Yeah, we okay. love it. Yeah, I know. You want to make your presence known. He's very happy. He's I love that. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Before the show started, Darren was like, if he barks a lot, we'll just like put him in the other room. I'm like, no, let him bark. It's fine. All right. there. You, are you done? He puppy? might be done. If we get more. Look, they can't be They can't be me. by themselves. But anyway. We'll anyway. Get, yes. So, um, long, yeah, March 4th, 2020. Wow. I was still at Oxygen. We were doing, we were doing martinis and murder. I was leaving for LA that day. I went to LA because I, really? I, I, yeah, I went to go record. Oh, that's right. I went to go shoot something in Los Angeles that day because I saw our good friend Christine. Yes. Um, the following day with Darren Goldberg, our other good friend. Oh, okay. In so LA. March fourth was, I think, according to my photos, because you know, I, I look. It's a I, Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Yeah. And was that the same day we went to Sirius XM and did Jenny McCarthy and Michelle Collins? I think it was. Yes, that's what I thought. So that was, I looked it up, Darren. Are you ready for this? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we'll do prices right. How many days ago do you think that was without looking it up? Okay. How many days ago was March 4th, 2020? 2020. From today. By the way, guys, we're just September full, 9th. September 9th. You can, closest without going over prices right I want to say it, it's been <clears throat> 512. You would be brought up on stage. Come on down because it was 550. Stop. Very close. That's not bad guessing. I know, but think about that's the last time I saw you. It's crazy. We don't, we don't FaceTime because video was just yeah, we too don't. hard eventually. I mean, we've Zoomed. I mean, I've seen yeah. you on Zoom for other projects and stuff. But, but for the show, yeah, we kind of like keeping it not face-to-face because sometimes the audio cues or the visual well, it, cues. It, it, Zoom takes up so much internet that well, it's like I don't want to ever mess up my thing. But anyway, mm. I am so excited. I'm with my three men right now. I know. And you got I'm, two puppies. Yeah, I'm, what's going on with the dogs? What's happening? I'm living. I well, show up at Darren's house. She has a whole new apartment, a 94-inch television and well, two dogs. I'm like, what's going on well, here? Can we, I think we should save it for NMR. Yeah, that's true. So we should really recap everything yeah, yeah. that you've experienced <laughs> in the first 20 minutes of being here. Right. But I will say, because John and I are here today, John and I are actually drinking. Now, if you've been listening to the show or were a fan of Martinis and Murder, when we had yeah. a bartender and got to vary our choices, That's right. when we went into COVID, the choices became our own. That's and right. And John's <laughs> variants of his choices were not, I would say, the most... 
varied. They weren't no. the most flexible of choices. No, they weren't. But John texted me today and he was like, yeah, going to the liquor store, like a badass. Right. He's like, going to the liquor store, what do you want? And I was like, no, I'm good. Like, whatever. Like, you get or whatever. And I have, I have liquor here. And I was like, I have wine, whatever. Mm-hmm. John brings in three little, like, bar minis. nips. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, minis or nips. <laughs> Captain Morgan, like we're in college again. And then two Jack Daniels, again, like we're in college. It's and then fine. like. A little champagne, which we'll enjoy in NMR. But today, yeah. John and I are drinking, not Jack and Coke, but Jack and Diet Coke Diet together. Coke, that's right. Let's so cheers, cheers to bitch. that. Bits to even, that. Let's do it. Our first cheers in 550 plus days. Because I was thinking too, like, we'd have to go back and look at the martinis and murder feed. I don't remember the last time we recorded together. I remember we were in that room on a high floor at 30 Rock. Because we did um, welcoming squirts. That's right. Welcoming squirts. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. That was the last time we were together in a room recording. Think about how long that was, ago that, that, was. That, that was that Wednesday yeah. because COVID was just about to break out. Oh, did we record and then did the Jenny Mc... Oh. I think, or we recorded like right after it or something. That's right. It well, was crazy. Well, do you remember? I think one of the things, I'll save this for NMR too, but I was sick that week. But let me first say, I didn't have any of those major three yeah, symptoms. Yeah, yeah. So and I, was I would like, have been like, no, get away from yeah, me of course. if you were sick. And like, I was sick, but like not sick, like coughing and like, you know, I didn't have any of that. I just felt like shit. I remember being at serious so and being like, crazy. oh my God, I hope and we're done. And you never had it? So no, not as far as I know. I've never tested positive. I've never felt bad. Did you ever test bad. antibodies or anything? No, I didn't. Because for so long, even up till I think I got the vaccine, like, Antibody tests were kind of hard to get. No, absolutely. You know and they're I mean? like expensive. And they're expensive. And so totally. I was like, at that point, I yeah. Mean, and that was back like, in Maryland. So it was like, if I was here and having I'm to run around. I'm just curious if like maybe you had it and you don't even know. I don't like, know. there, oh, there will be a way to find out. I'm sure. I just haven't figured that out. But the other thing too is, I never, no one in my vicinity, including you, who I was ve- around the entire time that day, got sick no, at all. No. The first person in my world that I knew that got sick was actually Andy. He was the first well, person. Well, he was like, he was definitely like patient zero in yeah. my life. Yeah, like, me too. Yeah. Tom Hanks was the first famous person. <laughs> right. When everyone was like, oh my God, this is real because Tom Hanks has it. That's right. So yes. Tom Hanks was like our temperature check. Like Tom yeah, Hanks needs yeah. to make sure people know that like, like climate change exists. And like, to get your vaccine. And to get your vaccine. Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, Andy got it on like March 16th, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was... Well, do you remember at Sirius that day we saw Andy, although he was in his studio. Yeah, he was in his little booth so, or whatever. And I, who knows like who knows, when or how he was exposed, but yeah. it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, speaking about one of the deadliest killers of 2020, shall we get into this week's Let's case? get into this week's case in person. It feels so good to get back it together feels, with you. I can't wait to make out with you later. It's we're gonna totally going to make out. We're double vaxxed. We're recently negatively I've tested. three boys here. It's a wild party. By the way, the puppy... I'm going to take a picture for Patreon just because this puppy well, is so Because we're sitting. So we're, we're covering our murder case right now. He's we're literally, really getting into it. He's literally... Yeah, take a cue. Hold on. Oh my God, the cutest picture. Of course, because he's... I'll a, edit around this, he's look a, how cute that is. I mean... <laughs> like, so fucking you like, cute. expect that to be posted on Instagram, but... Anyway, why don't you take us in? Yes. By the way, we should say, this is not a full-time thing. I did not move back to New York City not yet, yet. Not yet. This is just a little treat. This is a treat, yeah. He tried to surprise me, listen to NMR, and you'll find you'll out find why out, yeah. he couldn't. But let's get into this week's show. Stephen Lawrence was born in Greenwich, London, to Jamaican parents who had moved to England in the 60s. Stephen was the oldest of three siblings, a high school athlete, and a good student. I myself was a mathlete, pretty much. A mathlete? I was what very were your sports again? I'm forgetting. Soccer, That's and then right. I ran track, and then like I was in theater, theater nerd. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. You were a theater nerd? I was in theater. 
because it was good for public speaking and I needed yeah. something to get on an extracurricular when I wasn't yeah. playing soccer. Right, right, right. But it was so funny because yesterday when I was schnubbing the dogs, right. obviously, because I love to schnub them. You do. Um, so I was schluffing them too, and mm-hmm. I was schnubbing and schluffing, and I started singing a song from Les Mis, and my friend Liv was <laughs> over, and she was like, she's like a musical theater. Was like, it I Dreamed a Dream? No, it oh. was, um, it was uh, at the end of the day or another day older. To, to okay, yeah, okay. I know that song. Yeah. So I started singing it to him, and Liv was like, <laughs> I did not expect no. you to know the lyrics perfectly to like another like at the end yeah. of the day on Les Mis, and I was like, no, I was in Les Mis, and she was like, what? She was full. Lord. Why I'm floored because why has this never come because up before? Because why am I singing Les Mis to Zico? Why but are, still. Don't ask those questions. By the way, shout out to Patrick Hines, who is a true crime obsessed co-host who is obsessed with Broadway. I think he would love to know this about you. Well, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you all? Wouldn't we all? But anyway. I know I was in Les Mis. I was in the chorus because I was terrible. And you were in soccer because you were soccer soccer girly. I was soaker star. S-O-K-K-E-R-S-T-R. Let's move on. So, so Stephen, Stephen Lawrence, that is, his favorite subjects in school were technology and physics. And in April of 1993, 18-year-old Stephen was preparing for his A-level exams and hoped to one day become an architect. I think A-level exams, I feel like that term isn't used anymore. I I, I feel like it's an AP exam. Maybe that's what kind of that was, potentially. Like, in New York, they have states states and stuff like that. I don't know what it is in England, but it's probably the equivalent of that. This is why we love you on the show. It's conjecture. On Friday, April 22nd, 1993, last time John and I saw each other. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) At around 10.30 p.m., Stephen was at a bus stop in southeast London with his best friend, Dwayne Brooks. Stephen got tired of waiting and walked a little way down the street to see if he could see the bus coming. I do this constantly because I'm the most impatient person in the world. Me too, yeah, yeah. As if walking around the corner (laughs) will make the bus come faster. This is not smart. I get that. Right, In the direction Stephen walked stood a group of five or six white kids around Stephen's age. And Dwayne called out to Stephen to ask if he could see the bus coming. One of the people from the other group must have heard Dwayne call out because he he shouted back, what, what? N-word, okay? I'm not going to say that Let's not word. do that I word, we, yeah. Yes. Um, the group immediately started across the street. Like, even saying it makes me so nervous. Even it's seeing so, it even, on It's so the horrible. Thing. I like, know, I know. So the group immediately started across the street towards Stephen and Dwayne and literally engulfed Stephen. Okay. Like, that was the description, almost oh verbatim. God. During the attack, Stephen was stabbed twice. This oh is God. all because he went to go to see if the bus was coming. Right, right. Dwayne was frightened and started running in the opposite direction, calling back for Stephen to run and follow him. Ugh, Which, fight or this. flight, I can't blame Dwayne here because I would be yeah. fucking terrified and call for help in any way that I could. I know, and you know, this was set in London in the early 90s, and I just think back, you know, I've been in New York now for a couple days. I'm just visiting, by the way, for anyone who's wondering. And, you know... My friend was asking me, he was like, um, how is New York these days? He's like, I heard it's a little more grungier like it was in the 70s or the 80s. It's like the murder rate slightly up, and I'm like, it's still like, still one of the safest big cities in yeah. the world. Also, like, like it's the not... subways used to have like graffiti yeah, on Yeah, everywhere, yeah. Remind me to tell you an NMR, I'm going to write this down about an sure. incident I actually had on the subway that I feel like New Yorkers are good at. I'm going to okay. I'm going to write it down. All right, good. Keep that for NMR, which you I guys can hear in the coming days, but... There were actually three people at this bus stop who saw the attack, including Joseph Shepard, who knew Stephen. Just as Stephen was pushed 
just as Stephen was pushed down, that's a tough one to say, by the group, a bus arrived. So there's the bus he was looking for. Jesus. Which Joseph boarded. He rode the bus directly to Stephen's house where he informed Mr. and Mrs. Lawrence about the attack. Remember, it's the 90s. There's yeah. not cell phones. So this is kind that's of the right. quickest way for him to tell. What I what imagine, point. can't imagine what that conversation was Oh, like. yeah. And like, you know, even that, like, it's not like you would jump on a phone and like, he, he would probably not even remember the phone number. So it's like, he knew where to go, this yeah, guy. horrible. However, all, although all three eyewitnesses tried to be as helpful as they could to the police, none of them were able to identify Stephen's attackers. They all stated the onslaught was just so sudden and short. It probably just happens in the blink of an eye. I mean, of even if it's 15 seconds, it's quick. Yeah. Because you don't expect it. All it takes is one stab, you know. That's right. Well, after stabbing Stephen, the group of attackers continued down the road away from the bus stop. Dwayne ran across the road, followed by Stephen, who managed to get up and run 130 yards before succumbing to his stab wounds. Jesus, though. But that's a long way, by the way. 130 yards, that's like a, a football, football field. Yeah, and a half almost, right? Like 100. Well, it's 100 yards, but then you got the 20 on the end. Like, you got that's the 10s right, on the end, right. so it's technically 120, I think. I said yeah. that. I said that's right like I would know You're that. so butch. Yeah, I'm so butch. I love, what do you love, the Giants or something? Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. like, eye roll at that. We beat the Patriots twice. I'm sure the whole <laughs> world sound like good. Anyway, continue. Anyway, well, Steven sustained stab wounds, wounds to the chest and arm both around Ooh. five inches deep. Ugh. deep and both of those cuts had severed arteries which is never good which caused him to exsanguinate exsanguinate, exsanguinate. Yeah. thank you Darren which of course I'm assuming means bleed profusely bleed out, yeah. Basically, yeah. as he ran to safety it was likely Stephen that died almost as soon as he collapsed to the street so very like horrible details here as in his last moments essentially Dr. Shepard, the pathologist who examined him, commented, quote, It is surprising that he managed to get 130 yards with all the injuries he had, but also the fact that the deep penetrating wound of the right side caused the upper lobe to partially collapse his lung. Okay, imagine having a collapsed lung and then running as far as a football field. I mean, or that's not having a collapsed lung and run. Yeah. Like, that's what's crazy. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, Never been stabbed, but I well, imagine that true. there's like a lot of adrenaline in that moment too. Yeah, good so you point. probably can do things that feel like preternatural That's or superhuman. True. Yeah. Uh, he, Dr. Shepard continued, it is therefore a testimony to Stephen's physical fitness that he was able to run the distance he did before collapsing. I mean, that's just a heartbreaking detail. Well, at 7.45 the same evening, a young skinhead walked into the local police station claiming to have information about the murder. He gave his real name, but was immediately issued the pseudonym James Grant. Well, it sounds like he's, you know, a snitch. I was going to say, he's got some more information. Well, James informed detectives that two brothers, Neil and Jamie Acourt, who referred to themselves as the Crays were responsible. Now, Crays being K-R-A-Ys, like this shit Cray is a good way to remember them. Right, but with a K. But with a K, exactly. <laughs> the record of James's statement from police reports reads, quote, A-courts called themselves the craze. In fact, you can only join their gang if you stab someone. They carry... Okay, so that could have been an initiation process exactly. of some sort. They carry knives and weapons most days. David Norris stabbed Stacy Benfield a month ago in order to prove himself. He then went on to say that a young Pakistani boy was murdered last year in Well Hall Road. By the way, there is just a little bit of a siren well, outside. Now you know I live near the hospital. That's right. right. Darren really lives nearby. Start imitating life. That's right. So no need to pull over. Yeah. Um, that Peter Thompson, who was serving life, was part of the A-Court gang. That, in fact, one of the A-Courts killed 
Acorns killed his lad. Killed this lad. This lad, rather. They also stabbed a young lad at Woolwich Town Center called Lee. He had a bag placed over his head and was stabbed in the legs and arms to torture him. Oh, my God. End quote. So that's basically we're reading a sort of police report here that was kind of all over the place. So thank you for sticking with us there. But either way, like here he is giving all this information about previous murders, it looks like, and torturings, which is... I knew someone that was stabbed like six times uh, as a gang initiation. One of my best friends, best friends. Darren, uh, we're learning quite a lot about you today. Near a gas station in LA years ago, before I was friends with them. Oh my God. But she told me about it and... She survived, obviously. Well, he did. Oh, he um, did, sorry. But it like fucking awful. Like his future wife was there and just like, you know, almost died and just like... Can you imagine? But they... I don't remember. I'll have to ask her, but like she told me it was gang initiation, so they yeah. must have figured it out somehow. I don't somehow. think that would have just been conjecture, but yeah. it was kind of random to just like automatically stab this yeah. kid. You know. Oh my god, Horrible. that's terrible. Well, after hearing what James had to say, police realized they were speaking with someone who had extremely close ties with the suspects. Well, that's good, right? I mean, yeah. that might be helpful because then we can learn something here. On okay. Saturday, April 23rd, an anonymous letter was left in a telephone box listing the names of possible suspects to the murder. The suspects were Neil and Jamie Acord, as John said, David Norris, Mm -hmm. Gary Dobson, and Luke Knight. And by the end of the weekend, police had confirmed that Neil, Jamie, and David all had records of violent behavior. Mm. Not surprising. Not surprising. On Sunday, April 24th, investigators were able to track down Stacey Benefield and obtain her statement about how he and a friend were attacked on the street by Neil Acord and David Norris, who stabbed him with a miniature sword. A miniature sword, like really? Right, like what? Like that's a knife. <laughs> that's called a knife. Thank you, Darren. That's why we keep you on the show. Right, that is like, the kind of expertise. That's the kind of knowledge that I need to drop for the audience. <laughs> right. right. Well, throughout the weekend, the police received at least six separate anonymous phone tips about Stephen stabbing by quote two boys mm. who called themselves the Craze. Okay, so this is kind of adding up here. Yeah, it is. Police also received an additional anonymous note naming the Craze as Stephen's killer, left under the windshield wiper of a police car. Mm. However, in spite of the mountain of evidence they had amassed against the gang, investigators began surveilling the craze instead of arresting them on Monday morning. The reason given for not making arrests was that they wanted proof of association. They feared forensic evidence would be would have been destroyed and considered Dwayne's identification to be weak evidence. Sometimes, yeah. as, at least as what we see in procedural dramas, uh, they do <laughs> want to get a bigger case. And so they yeah. kind of wait for more violence to happen in order to seal the deal. And not even just in procedural dramas, but other shows we've done. I mean, a lot of evidence and stories we've told over the years They want to build similar. up over time. Yeah. The senior investigating officer, Brian Whedon, later came clean about his real reason for not making arrests immediately, admitting during an inquiry that he didn't know he could arrest simply on reasonable suspicion. Well, I feel like, I don't know about London. Remember, this is London, the UK. Laws are completely Completely different different. probably there. So, but it does make sense that in order to maybe want to put somebody away, that you're going to want to build the absolute best possible case. And I'm just thinking, like you were just saying, like, imagine, like, waiting for somebody else to get stabbed. I mean... The mental capacity of, like, a police officer waiting for that to happen. Like, that has to be horrible. Yeah. But on the flip side, if they get them too early and then the case falls apart, then that person's on the street and they right. can't be tried for that totally. again. Yeah. So there is kind of a bittersweetness. I think it's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword to an extent. Well, Brian stated, quote, I have never before in any murder case arrested anyone for murder without evidence as opposed to information. Right. Which, I mean, 
you could probably arrest people with information. I don't think that that should be enough. You definitely need evidence. Yeah. And when asked an inquiry, do you not do you not find it rather disturbing that it has taken all this time for you to recognize a fairly basic tenet of criminal <laughs> law? Brian replied, I think it is regrettable. This is so British, by the way. I think it is regrettable. I'm going to have a spot of tea, I'm and I think it's highly regrettable. <laughs> I'm going to have I'm a just grafting of... after that. Do you not find it rather disturbing yes, that it has taken all this fairly time? Fairly basic tenets of criminal law. By the way, I do think we have pretty good British accents. If anyone's should British, we, do this whole term of British accent? we should have started that Okay, way, we should have. At the very least. Well... Well, it's always time. Then people would turn it off. Let's just keep going. Well, going. instead of making arrests, <laughs> and now I'm like Crocodile Dundee, yeah, like right. in Australia. That's Australia police now. set up a surveillance police, team. Yeah, yeah. Police set up a surveillance team to watch the A-Courts' <laughs> house, which proved to be disastrous. Oh, God. The, photogra- the photographers who work with the police didn't normally work weekends. Oh, my so God. So weren't able to set up what? until 4.15 p.m. on Sunday and missed their opportunity to photograph an unknown man oh carrying what appeared to be clothes covered in black plastic, which, again... Is suspicious. It's sussy. Definitely but sussy. But not necessarily determining anything. Definitely that. And you have to remember it's 1993-ish or whatever this was, early 90s. So it's not like everyone had a 12 megapixel iPhone Pro in right. their pockets. You know, like totally. you actually had to set up for photography back then. Right, which like is you weird needed to think a about. tripod. Yeah, you needed a tripod. Yeah. Yeah. You needed an actual camera, not a calculator. Exactly. Film. You That's needed right. film. Yes. Well, on Monday, April 25th, Neil Acourt was photographed taking out a black trash bag. On both occasions, police photographers weren't able to call for backup because they lacked any means of communication. Good. I mean, is this good, the good, biggest good, 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 good. problematic... Like, what is going on here? Like, you also are a police photographer, so you'd think that there would be some type of radio signal or something. Like, is this the Three Stooges? Like, what is happening? Right, like, if you call him, like, carrying a severed head, we'd just be like, ah, cell phone sign exists. Whoopsie, don't have my radio here. Call him later. Like, get a mail carrier out here. Like, what's going on? What is happening on the... I don't like... By the way, when this type of stuff happens, I immediately think there's a scam. Or, like, there's a conspiracy. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's, like, annoying things. Because how can you not? Right. Well, on Wednesday, April 27th, police took yet another statement from Maddie Farman, who had witnessed Stephen's attack and had heard about another attack made by the gang on a young black man named Kevin London, which is odd. He lives in London. Yeah. Or at least this is happening near and around London. Maddie stated, quote, Dobson threatened Kevin London about two days ago with a knife and told him you are next, Jesus. end quote. Now, is it a knife or is it a small sword? We don't you really know, what, know what gang this is, right? This must be a skinhead gang. I don't know that we know the details about which gang, no. Okay. Yeah. Not yet, at least. Not yet. Kevin wasn't contacted until May 26th, and although both he and his girlfriend made statements against the gang, the issue was not pursued. Now, why would that be? The next weekend was a holiday weekend in the UK. Okay, well, okay. that's... Everyone's chilling. take a day off. No murders happen on holidays. <laughs> no, Everyone no, knows. That's never. a fact. Of course. Which many investigators took off, including records... In fact, records show no police activity on Stephen's case whatsoever. Tuesday, May 4th, 1993, Stephen's parents held a press conference to bring attention to their son's murder because when your son's murdered, you don't take a day off. Let's give them some credit. Exactly. And expressed outrage that not enough was being done to catch his killers. And, you know... It has to be tough to know the killers or at least, like... The association. Feel like you know the killers and nothing can be done. Totally. And, you know, you do have to think... I think back to other shows that we've done in the past about gangs, and there might be a thing here where, like, the police might be reluctant to 
explore gang activity because of the repercussions that could come through that kind of organized crime. Well, you know? I mean, you know, and, and you, someone snitches or someone goes in and then someone their family dies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the same day, police spoke to another informant, Michelle Casserly, who had called with a tip the week before, and she confirmed that a friend of hers had been at the Acorts house on the night of the murder and that he'd seen the two brothers and Gary Dobson with wet hair. Interesting detail. That's a de- Yeah, definitely. This friend became known as Witness K and was interviewed by police on Sunday, May 9th. Witness K gave a short statement to a police detective on May 17th, which the investigator almost immediately forgot, later stating during the inquest that he had no recollection of even taking this statement. Like, to some extent, like, I totally relate. Like, I am just so bad when I'm like, hi, I'm Darren, what's your name? And they're like, hi, I'm John. And I'm like, and then like two minutes later, I'm like, what the fuck is that Yeah, but that's like a casual conversation, not your fucking job. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, especially if my job was to take statements. Right. To learn. Or like if I was a teacher and yeah. tried, I had to do that, yeah, I no, would probably right. be better at it. Yeah, you might be, be-, you might might be good be. at it. Might yeah. be better. Well, on Thursday, May 6th, Mr. and Mrs. Lawrence had a very high-profile meeting with Nelson Mandela about the lack of motion on their son's case planning an anti-racist march to be held the following weekend. Nothing like getting press if you get Nelson fucking But I was going to say Mandela. It. That is such an, a huge achievement in and of itself. Well, on Friday, May 7th, two weeks after Stephen's murder, police finally began making arrests, although the police chief admitted that the evidence was the same as it had been 48 hours after Stephen's killing. Mm-hmm. Well, at 6.30 a.m., Neil and Jamie Acourt were pulled out of bed and arrested. Well, listen, I mean, I remember once going on a date with a girl and her first, I think I told you this maybe on Martinez, but it was like the first date. What she was like, I don't drink. Do you want to come over to my apartment? Yeah. And I was like, I'm telling Andy where I'm going because yeah, if right. something happens, totally famous people are going to get this shit solved way more way than, other than us lay people. Hello, Kim Kardashian. Exactly. Yeah. So Nelson Mandela is going to make some arrests fucking happen. Absolutely. Especially when race is involved. Like who else? Absolutely. Who better than Nelson Mandela? Well, that's true. Well, David Norris went into hiding for several days, but presented himself at a police station on May 10th on the advice of his lawyer and was instructed to say, nothing. Mm. On June 3rd, Luke Knight was arrested and several of his weapons, including knives, were seized. Or, swords, or, or small swords. Small swords. In July, the charges against Neil Acourt and Luke Knight were dropped as the police believe the evidence against them to be unreliable. Of course, the police driving by right now. That is definitely... If you can hear it in the background. In my apartment, I apologize. No, it's okay. For a whole year, the Crown refused <laughs> to prosecute the gang, claiming to have had insufficient evidence for a trial. The Crown, of course, we learned on last week's episode, the the British government. The British court. Yeah, the British court. And in 1994, Mr. and Mrs. Lawrence started a private prosecution against Neil, Luke, and Gary. However, a judge ruled that Dwayne's identification evidence was inadmissible, and the three defendants were acquitted. Oh, wow. An inquest was conducted about Stephen's death in 1997, in which all five suspects appeared but refused to answer questions. Oh, my God. An inquest verdict was returned as an unlawful killing in an unprovoked racist attack by five youths. Mm. Kind of reminds me of like the Central Park Five. I mean, I know I those people ended that. up being innocent, but I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The inquest also concluded that the investigation had been, quote, marred by a combination of professional incompetence, institutional racism, and a failure of leadership. Where have we heard that before? I don't know. What? Am I missing something? I mean, something? like, yeah, like Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. No, 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 and, like, sure. all that shit. Like, no, but also... Professional incompetence, institutional racism, and failure of leadership. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not all... That's not to say, you know, I think... It's not all cops or anything like that, but no, I do yeah, think it's a not. common thread sometimes that it's certainly a professional lot of people, incompetence. And a lot of people have experienced it. 
And, you know, yeah. I think about the hate crime laws that have been passed over the, the past several years. This And that's only been recently. Like, this was something the Crown was sort of saying in the early 90s. So it just shows yeah. how very different, like, they were, where they were at that time versus where, like, the United States probably I think to some extent, even that's true today. I mean, even if we're yeah. both, like, quote-unquote, first world, it's still, yeah. you know. Well, police officers on the task force were explicitly named. The task Good. force as, as a whole was heavily criticized and a specific recommendation towards ending systematic racism in society at large was recommended. Although, you well, know, that, what, the, but like, yes, but like a specific recommendation towards ending systematic racism in society at large was recommended. Like, okay, but these people can't fucking solve a case that well, there's like true. perfect witnesses. So these people are not going to end this thing. It took Nelson man fucking Della well, right, exactly. to, get it, like, to get this thing going. That's like, just very fuck? like politics talk. Totally. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we demand an end to systemic yeah. racism. Like that's great to say, but yeah. like what the fuck are you going to do about it? I mean, I don't want to say this is too similar to the George Floyd case, but it, it has a lot of parallels. No, I mean, you know? And certainly with like a race of certainly sparking yeah. a debate about this whole about thing race, and yeah. certainly sparking this whole thing. I think absolutely. There's a lot of similarities here. So the next day, the Daily Mail's front oh, page God. featured the photos <laughs> of each of the five suspects with a headline reading murderers. The male accuses these men of killing. If we are wrong, let them sue us. End quote. Now, Darren, you had an oh god in the middle of that. Well, the Tell Daily Mail is Daily like, Mail. you know, to some extent it's very like page six meets National Enquirer right. meets TMZ where it's just like yeah. these outlandish headlines. You know, the Daily Mail was all over Meghan Markle right. and Pierce Morgan and stuff like that. They're slimy, like slimy, right? Very slimy-ish. Um, these are just our opinions, by the way. Nothing. Just my opinion. I mean, yeah. listen, I think that I could still read TMZ and still think that they're slimy sometimes. That's fair, and, yeah. And, that's and those true. types of things. It has a... It's meant to sell papers. It's not yeah. meant to sell the truth. It makes you want to be like, oh my God, I must buy this paper right well, now. Well, and I will say, murderers, the male accuses these men of killing for wrong, let them sue us, like, is a bold statement. That's a bold one. Yeah, because by the way, that's extremely defamatory. Yes. So there's that. Because if they are wrong, yeah. if they are they wrong, could sue. then, yeah. well, not only that, like the paper's tarnished. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like, yeah, we can get into all yeah, that with yeah. Daily Mail, but... Well, in spite of the guilty inquest verdict, criminal charges still had not been brought against any of the five suspects. Another inquiry into the case was opened in 1998, so about a year later, in which all five were ordered to appear and present evidence. However, it wasn't until 2011. I mean, that's now, I'm not good at math, but that's like 11 years later. No. From 1993? 1993? Well, this was 1998 I was talking about. From 1998? Okay. Add two to 11. There we go. You know, don't make me do math on the podcast. I was like confused watching you (laughs) add things, so then I got confused. Totally fine. Uh, It wasn't until 2011 that charges were brought in. Can you just take a second and look at my boys? I know. Look at, if you guys could see Darren's They're just like little hot dog hams. There's one on the ground just laying there loving. They're just honey baked hams. They are honey baked hams. Honey baked hams. Okay, sorry. That's all right. Well, 2011, charges were brought against two gang members. Mambers? Mambers. Two gang members? I've got two mambers. i got two gang members. I go mambers. get my mambers checked every month. <laughs> Gary Dobson and Dave Norris, David Norris were the people who were charged. The two men stood trial and were found guilty in just 2012. That's not even that long ago. No. It was how long ago, John? That was eight, nine... Yeah. 10, no, nine, it's 20, nine, 2021. There we go. I forgot what year we're in. David Norris was sentenced to a minimum of 14 years and three months for Stevens' murder. What he, a specific. Yeah, I know. 
It must have been like a month thing. Like it's like a minimum yeah. of like whatever that comes out to be. 50 months or 100 months or and something. And he may have had other counts part of, as part of this yeah. sentencing potentially. Well, he continues to attempt appeals, which so far have been unsuccessful. Gary Dobson was sentenced for a minimum of 15 years and two months for Stephen's murder. When he was found guilty, he was already in prison, serving a five-year sentence for drug dealing. Neil Acourt was never punished for Stephen's murder, although he is currently in prison for drug dealing as well, serving out a six-year sentence. In 2002, Neil Acourt and David Norris were both served 18-month sentences for a racist attack of an off-duty black police officer. Jamie Acourt's whereabouts is unknown. He's hiding, possibly in Spain, maybe listening to this podcast. Definitely. Uh, Jamie, if you're out there, give us all your information. Yeah. Jamie was also a target of a 2016 Most Wanted campaign over allegations of involvement in a four million pound cannabis ring. I wish I was part of that ring. I know, you probably do. <laughs> By the way, fine, cannabis is not the problem, but when the, when it is technically illegal and there's four million dollars. Well, yeah, and whole... also like there's a criminal record here on these yeah, guys. For sure. I'm not saying that proves guilt of this. No, but it's like what, but are, it's, what are they? But it to? definitely isn't a good look. No, not yeah. at all. Well, Luke Knight is only is the only one of Stephen's alleged attackers who remains totally free and is believed to live roughly two miles from where Stephen was killed. So I wonder about that a little bit. Like, I wonder why. Yeah. Like, if, if you have a suspect that's kind of saying, like, these five men or whatever, why do one get off another? Yeah. And granted, I don't think... It's funny because... I literally just came out of therapy and my mm. we were talking about something because she was like, oh, what are you doing the rest of the day? I was like, I'm recording my true crime podcast. And she was like, you know, my husband sat on a murder trial. We were talking about OJ and his recent headline of being like, I don't want to move to LA because I don't want to run into the person that killed Nicole. And we oh, were like, yeah, because it's you. Because you and might see because a Because you're going to look in the mirror and it's going to be bad. Right. And she was saying that her husband worked on a murder trial. And he had to be sequestered in a hotel for like yeah. two to three months, like in yeah. lower Manhattan. And it was, I oh think, the killing of an NYPD mm. officer. And she was like, obviously, it was a high-profile case. Like, this yeah. is major. And she said, like, afterwards, after the case had done, when he talked about it with her, he yeah. was like, we all knew this guy was guilty. But the evidence, the evidence couldn't yeah. prove it. And I said, you know, I said to my therapist, I was like, there's something really great about that because it protects a lot of innocent people. True. You know? Yeah. But there's also something horrible about that, yeah. in which case, like, people get to go, Bill Cosby, people get to go free on technicalities yeah. and things like that. And, like, I'm not saying I would have it under any other way, but it's just not a perfect system. And it's really hard that's to have really, a perfect yeah. system. And like, that's something you've said from the very beginning, like, of Martinis and Murder. It's, it's never not been a perfect. perfect system. Right. And it's, it's something I learned. Uh, doing the show so many shows with you it's like yeah that's a great point like right. you know it, i'm not it, sure i want an any other system well, yeah. but it's not a perfect system and you think of lady justice right with the balancing sure. of of both sides and it's like nothing is perfect but you try to balance it in a society the yeah. best way that you can yeah i think so and this case is pretty horrible because i think yeah from what they know I, I to me reading about this case it feels like there's a lot more going on in terms of like underhandedness mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. underdealings first off Usually, depending on, especially in, maybe in Europe and maybe in London, yeah. black people are not treated in the same way that a white person. I'd be curious to see if this was five black men killing a white kid. Yeah, right, um, right, right. How that would go over. And if the witness yeah. was white, I wonder how that would have happened. Yeah. A lot of good questions, I think, that are going to come out of this, but this clearly isn't a satisfying case to kind of cover. It's just one of those things that unfortunately happen too often. Yeah, it, you're really so right about that. 
We do want to know what you guys think about it. So let us know on social at jthrasher carpe darren. You can hit us up on our Facebook group, our Instagram you can lives. Judge the boys' stomachs. That's and right. And that will signal me too. You should have. Here. I think you're going to need a dog for every recording. I just don't see any other way around it. The funny thing is, is like he never sits on my lap when I'm recording because when I'm in the other room, he's looking out the window and he's constantly barking. I'm like, you can't sit here. <laughs> here he's perfect. But you're baby. up on like what the seventh floor? What's he barking at? The cars going? I think by? he just sees things, things outside that he doesn't he normally. And he wants to bark. Pigeons, things um, like that. But didn't I say they'd be perfect angel boys? They were perfect. They had a little bark. They wanted to be part of the show and in the beginning. And we shouted them out. That's like, true. Shout out to much the Much like, like mom-like sons. You That's know right. I mean? Yeah. What are their names again? Remind everybody. Zico and Kai. And Kai Zico's is, the one in your lap? Zico is the one in my lap and he's like a little Pomeranian. He's so cute. Um, hypoallergenic, thank God. And then <laughs> Kai is my big fatso, which I can call him. He allows <laughs> me to call him big fatso because he is. He's like he's a, a poodle. He's a little Yeah. And he's a Bichon Frise. Oh, okay. Got yeah, he's on the, he's meatballing. Look well, well, even though they got, oh my god, they're just so cute. We wish is you guys. Alive? We should have done a Facebook Live, honestly, or like a. Wait, is he alive? Hello. Okay, oh he did. God. Wake oh my god, I check on them every. Like, have you seen those TikToks of like I, cats that just don't wake up? You and know, I, like I've dead? been there. Like, yeah. With my ex and I, with the cat, he would sleep on my lap and he'd be so sad. And I'd be like. Woody. What? Woody. 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 And then he'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Stop fucking chatting with me!" And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Act of love. Well, listen, that's why you would make a great pet anyway, dad. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, let's end on a positive note. That's right. Why don't you take our first listener shout-out? Not shout that out. the boys aren't positive. The but... boys got their shout-out oh, earlier. Don't be growling. Oh, now, oh. me and our Facebook group posted some wedding photos and said, not murder-related, NMR, but we did it. Did I listen to mom and dad in the morning while getting ready? You bet. Oh, we wanted to say thank you, Mia, for that. Yeah, I wrote congratulations. Me too. At least I hope I did. Uh, but I, I believe I, did. I believe I did. Yeah. Congratulations. You looked beautiful. She you did. both look beautiful. I love seeing a little wedding. I love seeing a happy union. Yeah. And I like a little NMR sometimes. Love a little NMR. And then I started thinking, Darren, like, imagine, like, it's your wedding, okay? Your wedding. Yeah. Someone's wedding. Okay, that's a big thing for me to big think about. Big thing to think okay, about. But, like, about. think about, like, maybe I don't mean your wedding, but a wedding and people are celebrating their wedding by listening to us yeah like i can't believe that. i can't i honestly thought about this for so long mia because it's such an honor that like you know what i mean you're yeah. gonna have this moment the rest of your life in your head and i'm sure video and photos and like our voices are the soundtrack to that that is so, truly such an honor it's always just you. surprising like, i agree and it's so flattering but it's also sometimes so surprising that like people care you know like i, I, I posted i posted a picture of me on instagram stories today of me in a chicken shirt and it's just a blue shirt with chickens on it and someone wrote i love you but please throw that away and i was just like thank oh. you for the fashion advice yeah, but fair. that you know and she hearted it and i was just like but there's something kind of so special about it where <laughs> listen she wasn't like trolling me or anything She's i think she was being sweet like yeah. i might say that to you i'll be like i love you sweetie but we're throwing that shirt away what do you think about my shirt and it was something like there was something kind of nice about it yeah when for I was sure just like oh this really is like an intimate connection that we're forming with it people is. you know yeah, for better or for worse but what about my shirt i mean what do you have thoughts well, on i think you should throw it away i should throw it away yeah burn okay. it okay, okay. Then throw it on away. that note caitlin in our facebook group asked um, I haven't listened to this podcast since the first two or so episodes. Is it still as good as Martinis and Murder? <laughs> no. So, Caitlin, I responded <laughs> and I said, I find the hosts very annoying on this show. 
Um, I just thought this was such a funny question to like pose in the Facebook group. I know, I really like it. Well, I was like, and I love it too, by it's, the way. It may be like one of the more negative things <laughs> you've ever gotten, but it's not even negative. It's not it's even negative. It's genuinely a question. Like, Caitlin, I'm not shouting you out. I'm just saying it's like our Facebook group is so nice. That's what I was just going to say. That everyone's this is like, the just worst try thing. it, do that. And so it's yeah. hilarious. And someone's like, is it as. Yeah. If you thought Eminem was good, I feel like you're going to like this, but I'm going to let the audience decide because I don't really want to be one of those people that's like, we're great no matter what. Like, you might have liked Martinis and Murder More. I don't know. Well, Emily Trudell in our Facebook group came to our defense and she said, why would you think it wasn't? Boo. And posted a picture of Christina Aguilera giving a <laughs> thumbs down gif. Jamie Williams, a good friend of mine, said, just as good, if not better. That's nice. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was funny. And and by the way, I mean the hosts are annoying, but like, what do you want to do about that? The hosts are so, so annoying. They're just annoying. But at this point, you just got to get used to them. But you do you want to know what? Do you want to know what, what? Caitlin? That I want to say to you is that the dogs are not annoying. So the technically, I didn't no. have dogs really no, when I recorded right. Martinez and Murder, and now they're just angel babies. They so. are angel babies. Um, we should thank Megan. Megan, as always, research. amazing research. We love you. I can't wait for you to ask me to be hamburger live. <laughs> Because that's... I just realized, oh my God, why didn't we invite Megan? I don't know. What, what the fuck is she wrong with us? Town. I know, I keep forgetting. She lives here now. Well, to be fair, I didn't know about you even coming. Like, I know, like, I did Like literally well, yesterday. We'll talk about we'll an MR. I was trying to make it a thing. I'm a little tipsy from this drink, which I'm going to be recording. We're about to record an MR Let's go do an MR right now. And Thanks um, for listening to Shaken and Disturbed. Listen to MR to hear John getting drunk because we're also going to pop champagne. It's going to be wow. And I just realized too, Darren. We have an Instagram live. This is our, we have an Instagram live coming up. This is our first in-person shaken and disturbed. Yes, it is. I didn't realize that because we did weird. all this shit during a pandemic when we didn't see each other. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening. We thanks. love you. We love you. And uh, more John and Darren live content coming to you very I soon. I hope so. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs>